Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright with you for the hour on this Wednesday, May 4th. Or as my children reminded me, Star Wars Day, but I reminded them of some other things that the uh, only force I believe in is the force of grace that comes to us from the Holy Trinity. And uh, yeah, we'll leave the rest of Star Wars to the kids today. But it's good to be with you today. We are turning towards Mary in this month of May, going through her with our prayers to Jesus, to the Father, in union with the Holy Spirit. And so we ask her to take our intentions this morning and to perfect them. I ask you to join me in praying not only our morning offering this morning, but also the Memorari. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful, O Mother of the Word incarnate. Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Up ahead on the show, we're going to be talking about mercy. We're going to hear from Father Chad Ripperger on what mercy is and what mercy is not, um, the conditions for mercy, and, you know, frankly, sometimes we abuse mercy. God wants us to be healed, so we're going to hear all about that later. We're also going to talk with Father Wade Menezes. as he's going to give us a little preview of his talk at the upcoming St. Louis Marian Conference. And we're going to hear from Father Jeffrey Kirby. We have the privilege to speak with him as well today with First Friday coming up. By the way, and everything I've been saying, I forgot to mention that. First Friday this Friday and First Saturday this Saturday. Why is that important? Well, Father Kirby is going to join us later to talk about that. Before we get to any of that, let's go to Mike Roberts for a check of today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. Antonina of Nicaea. Born in Nicaea in 284, Antonina, at a young age, decided to give her life to the Lord. This was during the reign of Diocletian, who was intent on increasing the number of native-born Roman citizens. In fact, Diocletian mandated that all women marry and made it a crime for any woman to intentionally choose celibacy. When Antonina refused to renounce her faith and her chastity, she was sent to a brothel. However, a young Christian named Alexander pretended to be a customer, but instead switched clothes with her, allowing Antonina to escape. But Alexander was discovered, and they were both arrested. Brutally tortured over a two-day period on red-hot irons and torn with hooks, Antonina was then tossed into the sea, becoming a martyr on this day in 305. St. Antonina, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Here is our catequiz question for the day on the theme of mercy. Where in the gospel is the sacrament of reconciliation instituted? Where in the gospel is the sacrament of reconciliation instituted? And I'll give you a clue. 
It's in the Gospel of John. All right. If you said it is after the resurrection when the disciples are locked in the upper room because they were in fear and Jesus appeared and said, peace be with you. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. You are correct. In fact, it is in verse 22 and 23 we read, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you forgive are forgiven them and whose sins you retain are retained. Now, that's an important thing that we need to go into at some other point, not right now. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Now, there's lots of examples in the gospel, whether it's the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 or Luke 6, the teaching of the Our Father in Matthew 6, or in Matthew 18, a brother who sins, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will will be loose in heaven. But we go back to this passage of John as the institution uh, when the apostles are given that charge to forgive sins. Really quickly here, uh, to return to communion with God, we read in Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1489, after having lost it, it is through, uh, through sin is a process born of the grace of God, who is rich in mercy. So, yes, we are an actor in it, but it is entirely from the grace of God that we are able to be reconciled. In fact, earlier in the Catechism, in paragraph 1424, we read about the sacrament, It is called the sacrament of reconciliation because it imparts to the sinner the love of God who reconciles. Be reconciled to God. He who lives by God's merciful love is ready to respond to the Lord's call. Go first and be reconciled to your brother. So God reconciles us. We don't go to reconcile with God. We go so that he can reconcile us to him through Christ. We are going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Father Wade Meniz as you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Wednesday morning, May 4th. Normally, when we do an interview, we do an interview and and that's it. But sometimes we do an interview and, well, we have a lot to talk about. In fact, a lot more than would fit in the confines of the show. And that happens to be the case today with Father Wade Menezes. I was able to speak with him yesterday about his talk for the upcoming St. Louis Marian Conference. So here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to play you part of the interview right now. And then if you want to hear the full thing, I'm going to give you two options. Later this morning, and in fact, I'm going to endeavor that at 8 o'clock when the show ends, we're going to get this up on the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. Or you can tune in to Covenant Network at 4 p.m. today, and you can hear the full interview. But for now, let's give you a... all right, we're going to we're going to pause here for just a second because I sent the wrong file over to the computer here. Uh, we're going to but we're going to get this for you like I said on the podcast or the full version at 4 o'clock today. So, with that, let's go to this excerpt from our interview with Father Wade Menezes. As you've been listening to Covenant Network over the past few weeks, you have heard many promotions for the St. Louis Marian Conference coming up May 13th, 14th, and 15th. And for all of the information you would like to know about the Marian Conference, right off the bat here, I'd like to give you the web address, stlmc.org. That's www.s as in Saint, T-L-M as in Mary, C is in conference.org, and you can find 
everything you'd like to know about the weekend there. But in the meantime, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright, and we are very happy to be speaking today with Father Wade Menezes from the Fathers of Mercy, who will actually be at the St. Louis Marian Conference again May 13th through 15th. Father, it is good to speak with you today. Well, thank you, Adam. It's great to be with you and all your listeners again today. It's always a joy to have you on the air, and we always appreciate the insights we receive from you. And I'm very excited about today's interview because we actually are going to get a little sneak preview, if you will, a little glimpse of what you'll be speaking about at the Marian Conference, where you are giving two talks, In Defense of Truth and Faith, Our Catholic Calling, divided into Part 1 and Part 2. So, Father, let's start right at the beginning. What do we mean when we're talking about truth? We say truth is a person. What do we mean when we say that truth is a person? Well, that's a great question. And before I attempt to answer that for your listeners, Adam, I want to say that we need today, at the dawn of this third millennium, 22 years into it, defend truth and faith so much that my two hours allotted to me as a speaker are on the same subject matter, just as you intimated with part one and part two of that talk titled In Defense of Truth and Faith, Our Catholic Calling. I begin with talking about defending truth, and truth precisely is a person. We have that revealed to us in sacred scripture. You know, Jesus answers Pilate in the Gospel of John chapter 18, uh, you say that I am a king, and in fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth, and everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate retorts back to Jesus, truth, what is truth? So we see the crisis of truth, huh? Going back to biblical times during this very, very powerful scene of St. John's Gospel that's part of the history of the human person. Pope Benedict XVI, during his April 2008 visit to the White House, on his birthday, I might add, his 81st birthday, while standing on the, on the second floor balcony of the South Portico, told some 2,700 people gathered there on the South Lawn, uh, what the world lacks today is seekers of truth. There are plenty of seekers of pleasure and plenty of seekers of power, but not enough seekers of truth. And so I springboard from John 14, verse 6, where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, he begins that sentence, Adam, with I am, showing his consubstantial reality with the Father, and also, of course, we know with the Holy Spirit. When God reveals himself to Moses as the I am in the Old Testament, and Jesus gives us this quote we just heard, beginning with those same words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas, Adam, he, he teaches very beautifully. I always like to, to quip, but I mean it sincerely. This would make a great bumper sticker for 2022, right? St. Thomas Aquinas says, errors perish and cease to be when people get to know the truth. Errors perish and cease to be when people get to know the truth. And then I love this quote from St. Edith Stein, one of my girlfriends in heaven, I like to say. She says, do not accept anything as the truth if it lacks love, and do not accept anything as love which lacks the truth. Why? Because one without the other becomes an absolute destructive lie. And Dr. Warren Carroll, one of the founders of Christendom College in Front Royal, Virginia, often cited as the founder of Christendom College, he says, look, truth exists. The incarnation happened. Truth exists. 
the incarnation happened. And this dovetails us back to John 14, 6, when Jesus tells us quite plainly, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So yes, truth is a person, Jesus Christ, the incarnate Son of God, the second person of the all-blessed, all-adored Trinity. That's what we mean, Adam, to answer your question directly when you ask, what do we mean when we say truth is a person? So we've just covered truth, but the title has two parts in defense of truth and faith. So, Father, what exactly is faith, and how is it reciprocal for the human person? Great question, and and we turn to the Catechism for that very answer. And the Catechism tells us very clearly that faith is both a gift of God to the human person and a human act by which the believer responds back to God's invitation and gives personal adherence to the God who invites his response and to the same God who reveals himself to the person. That's what we mean when we say faith is reciprocal. It's reciprocal on the part of the human person as a response back to the God who freely reveals himself. When the human person freely assents to the whole truth that God has revealed to him, Now, we as Catholics know that truth is revealed through the three-legged stool of sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and the magisterium. And the Catechism touches upon that truth, huh? It is this revelation of God through the three-legged stool, which the Church proposes for our belief, and which we know through sacred scripture, sacred tradition, either in the oral or handed-down traditions, and the magisterium, the teaching office of the Church, and which we profess in the Creed with some 40-plus truths, Adam, the Nicene Creed from 325 A.D., And the same truth and faith by which we celebrate in the sacraments, by which we live by right conduct, and which fulfills the twofold commandment of charity, that is to love both God and neighbor, and which also, Adam, this faith in truth, that we respond to in our prayer of faith. So faith is both a theological virtue given by God as a grace to the individual, along with hope and charity, faith, hope, and charity, and it's an obligation that flows from the first commandment of God, quote, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt not have strange gods before me. So faith is a gift from the God who reveals himself, a gift to whom? To the human person. But it's also reciprocal in that the human person responds back to God with the free assent. To what? To all that has been revealed through sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and the magisterium. And I might add, all that which is safeguarded from that three-legged stool in what's called the sacred deposit of faith. And what is the sacred deposit of faith? Well, look to the Catechism no further than its glossary in the back. The deposit of faith is that heritage of the faith contained in sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and which is handed on in the Church from the time of the Apostles, from which the magisterium, that is the teaching office of the Church, draws all that it proposes for belief as being divinely revealed by God, so the human person can embrace it and thus put themselves confidently on the road to salvation, cooperating with God's grace, which is always his gratuitous gift. Well, Father, before we close in prayer, I'd like to give the information one more time. The 23rd Annual St. Louis Marian Conference, May 13th through 15th, beginning at 11 a.m. on the 13th. In addition to Father Wade Menezes, Father Donald Calloway, Father Stephen Imbarato, Father Charles Becker, Sister Deidre Byrne, John Carpenter, our own beloved Monsignor Eugene Morris from right here in St. Louis and heard on our airwaves, beautiful music by Annie Carto and Matthew Bowdy. And I've known Matthew for several years. He is a fantastic 
musician with a great gift, and Annie does a beautiful job as well. For more information and to register, you can visit www.stlmc.org. That's STL as in St. Louis, MC as in Marion Conference, www.stlmc.org. Or you can email info at stlmc.org. Father Wade Menezes, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today to give us this preview of what you'll be saying at the Marion Conference. Before we part ways, and I do look forward to uh, coming together in person in a few weeks. Could I ask you to close us with a prayer? Certainly, Adam. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit during this Easter season and always descend upon all of our Covenant Network listeners and remain with each and every one of you this day and always, St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, Adam. You too, Father. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I always enjoy the chance to catch up with Father Jeffrey Kirby, a priest out of South Carolina at Our Lady of Grace Parish. Father, happy Easter to you, and and good morning. Happy Easter, Adam. It's good to be on the show. Father, it, it seems without fail, every time you and I talk, at some point we mention the treasury of devotions that we have access to through the church. And there are some very beautiful devotions. And this week, we are reminded of two of those, our first Friday devotions to the Sacred Heart of Our Lord and our first Saturday devotions to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I wonder, you know, with all the words that have been said and could be said, why are these devotions important to you? Yes, yes. so I'll say this, Adam. Uh, Early on in my own discipleship from high school, I just remember being so fascinated and captivated by the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, every time I look at the image, uh, no matter what you know version it might be, just you know, with with the heart being so exposed, and, and oftentimes the Lord's pointing to it, and and just seeing the the fire in the heart, and, and oftentimes the crown of thorns around it, and, and so on. I'm just very moved by such a blatant act of love and compassion and kindness. So in, in my own discipleship, I, I, I just find, I found myself drawn to it. And, and as a priest, it was a no-brainer that I would celebrate First Friday Masses. So if I was at a parish where the other priests had Mass on the First Friday, or when I was in diocesan work with vocations, if, if I was somewhere, um, sometimes it had to be a private Mass. But I always made sure that I celebrated Mass on the First Friday, because as the Lord said to St. Margaret Mary, look at this heart that so burns with a love for humanity. And then he said, but is such the recipient of ingratitude and indifference. And I've always felt just very provoked by that, where it's like, well, if the Lord's showing me such abundant love, I have to reciprocate. I, I, I have to accept this love and then try to love him back and love my neighbor in him. So I've always just found the Sacred Heart very encouraging, uh, warm, and, and kind of an inspiration in terms of, of my own living out of, of the way of the Lord Jesus. I have an image of the Sacred Heart hanging directly across from my desk as I sit in the studio. I'm privileged to be able to look at this image of our Lord holding out his heart. And every time I reflect upon it, you know, whether I'm having a, a hard moment in the day or a joyful moment in the day, moment of consternation, what are we going to do on the radio show? How are we going to do it? I look up and there I see the eyes of our Lord looking at me and he's holding out his heart as if to say, Adam, this is for you. 
this is for you. And it's a great comfort to me. And the flip side of that, Father, though, is I, I am often found asking myself, Adam, what are you offering him? You know, he's offering his heart to you. What are you offering him? Amen. And I know we pray not just in honor of the Sacred Heart on First Fridays, but this is a big responsibility. We also pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart. And sometimes I think we, we say to ourselves, well, why do I have to do that? If I don't sin against the Sacred Heart, why do I have to offer works of reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart? Yes, yes, and I, I would say, first of all, God bless the person who can honestly say that that they don't commit some sin against the Sacred Heart. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's our fallen lot that we're going to uh, naturally commit some type of sin, either because we, we neglect His compassion or we presume His mercy or uh, whatever sin it might be. But, but, but more universally, of course, we, we offer that reparation, we're called off that reparation, privileged to participate in having the authority to offer reparation, because of the sins, the greater sins, the, the universal sins against the Sacred Heart. So you know, oftentimes I, I think, you know, in terms of what we've done uh, with the vulnerable and the weak, I, I think of oftentimes the fact that we live in a nation with legalized abortion. I think of what we've done in terms of marriage, whether it's you know, no-fault divorce, whether it's cohabitation, whether it's uh, supposed gay marriage and so on. Like, uh, that, that, that's legal in our country, you know, and, and the list goes on. And, and I just think, you know, Lord, have mercy on us. Like, grant us the graces of, of, of conversion. Please help us. And then, as you mentioned, Adam, like to, to offer prayer, and of course, adoration is particularly encouraged on, on the first Friday, to offer our prayers, our supplications, our, our holy tears, in order that, you know, the Lord might know that there are some who love Him, and we will make the reparation for those who grievously offend Him. If I could just bring in a, a biblical image of this, you know, the, the prophet Ezekiel tells us, if we go to the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, that, you know, when things had gotten very bad, and God's people were so obstinate, so difficult, and, and so rebellious, before God allowed the angels to work through the Babylonians and destroying the southern kingdom and, and, and the city of Jerusalem and, and desecrating his holy temple, God allowing this, before he did so, he told the angels, go out and find the ones who shed holy tears, who are grieving the sins of my people, and mark them, mark their foreheads, for they will be spared. Now, Adam, that's a powerful image. John right from the scriptures, I think, very much applies to the first Friday. Find the ones who know the sins of their age and are grieving with holy tears the sins of God's people. And that's what we're called to do on first Friday. To, to come before the Sacred Heart as God's people and to say we repent for our own sins. And there's no self-righteousness here. Right. <laughs> First, our own sins, and then for the sins of humanity against the love and the mercy of God. Now, when we talk about reparation, I, I find it's very easy, Father, for you and I to be here on the radio and say we, we are to pray in reparation for and do works in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart. But sometimes we kind of jump over what exactly that means to do a work of reparation. So I know for us, Friday morning, when we do the show, we have a prayer of reparation that we pray that I, I think is very moving. It's very powerful. It talks about all of these sins against the Sacred Heart that we grieve. But then as I leave the studio after we pray that prayer, or as our listeners leave church after making their first Friday devotion at Mass— what does reparation look like practically? Yes, yes. And, and first, just to, to, to remind uh, all fellow Christians that Friday itself, every Friday, should be 
some type of day of, of, of penance, as, as we've talked about on previous shows. But in terms of the first Friday, what could it look like? It could involve skipping a meal or avoiding a dessert or, you know, friends are getting together on that Friday night for a party or a get-together and absenting yourself from, you know, that type of uh, secular uh, fellowship. Uh, it, it could be, you know, as broad or as a specific as uh, the person feels called to. So again, fasting or abstaining from, from good things, whether that's saying I'm not going to have a dessert or whether it's, you know, saying, okay, you know, today I'm going to really, really follow the speed limit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, something as simple as that, like just, just following, you know, a specific act of goodness. Uh, so it can be all over the place. And, and of course, it can be taking on things such as the Stations of the Cross or praying the Sorrowful Mysteries of the Rosary. The Divine Mercy Chaplet, I have found a beautiful complementarity between the Sacred Heart and the Divine Mercy. So really, Adam could be as broad or as specific as, as someone feels called to. I think Christian families can be involved with that. So the praying of the Mercy Chaplet, or perhaps a decade, or all of the Sorrowful Mysteries of the family. Or maybe it's having a simple meal that night. So, you know, we're just going to have some simple soup and, and some bread and, and teach the children of the family. This is because, like... We're, we're in a sinful race, right? We're, we're in a sinful people. Like We're showing God how much we love Him. So, again, there, there are so many variations uh, within, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the treasury of the spiritual life of the Church. Um, those are just few, a few that come that are off the top of my head. Well, I think that's a, a great uh, list right there that gives us a lot of good ideas for what we can do this coming Friday. Now, Father, we're, we're quickly running out of time, but I do want to get to one last question on our First Friday and First Saturday devotions. And we talk about where they come from, and the First Friday devotion comes from the apparitions of our Lord to St. Margaret Mary Alico, and the First Saturday devotions coming to us through the children at Fatima from the apparitions of the Blessed Mother. And in both of those instances, whether it's our Lord to St. Margaret Mary Alico or the Blessed Mother to the children at Fatima, promises are made that if you do these things that, that I am asking of you, if you keep these nine consecutive First Fridays, if you keep these five consecutive First Saturdays, you will receive these graces. And sometimes I, I think we all fall into that trap at one point in our lives that we look at this as transactional in nature, that, okay, if, if I do this, you'll do that. And, you know, kind of like going to the store. If I give you money, you'll let me take the groceries out of the store. But I wonder if this is more the promise that my piano teacher made to me, that, Adam, if you practice every day, you will end up being better at playing the piano. And so flip side of that, blessed mother to us, Adam, if you practice this, every day and every first Saturday. You're going to be in a really good spiritual place where, of course, I'm going to be interceding for you, and of course you're going to receive these graces. I wonder if you could share a few words on that idea. Yes, Adam, I think that's exactly uh, the, the way we want to understand this, that that these devotions given to us by our Lord and Our Lady are, are meant to mold and, and shape and fashion our hearts so that then we're able to do what we're called to, to do, to live as we're called to live as the children of God. So I think that these devotions are given, again, as great consolations and encouragement to us to really just live the Christian way of life. Every private revelation simply emphasizes or, or highlights some aspect of what the Lord has given to us through public revelation. So everything we've heard in the First Friday devotion or the First Saturday devotion, we can point to some area of the Scripture where those devotions are highlighting what we're called to do as people of God. 
All right. Well, there you have it, friends. If you were looking for a reason to start, if you've never observed First Friday and First Saturday devotions, it's going to mold you into a better Christian. So who doesn't want to be a better Christian? Who doesn't want to grow closer to our Lord? That is what's before us. And just really quick, the work is simple. On Friday, go to Mass. Receive Holy Communion, which means be in a state of grace. If you need to get to confession, make sure you do that first. You don't want to commit the sin of sacrilege. It's a mortal sin. You don't want to be there. And then pray in honor of the Sacred Heart. Pray in reparation of for sins against the Sacred Heart. Maybe do one of the ideas we've shared here today as an act of reparation. First Saturday devotions, very similar. Go to confession. Go to Mass. Receive Holy Communion. Pray the Rosary. Meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the Rosary. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it does take your yes. You have to say yes to the work. Father, could you close our time together with a prayer? Yes, be happy to. Let us pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine upon you. May he grant you his peace. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Well, friends, I jumped the gun a little bit yesterday with the Daily Dose of Encouragement, and so I have been chomping at the bit to get to today's Dose of Encouragement about St. Joseph the Worker and the work in the home. Here to unpack it for us is Patty Schneier. Yes, we're talking about St. Joseph the Worker. We've talked about how we need his guidance. We need some of the virtues that he has, and we should pray to him, go to Joseph to help us with his virtues as well as to maintain balance between work and our spiritual life, work and our family life, and always to keep in mind that we are to offer up our work for our sanctification, for our loved ones. That's all, all very, very good to do. Today, I want to talk about something very, very menial, very common, household work. Good old-fashioned household work, the chores, the errands that we have to do in order to just live. Most of us are in a family setting, but if maybe you're in a community setting, or even if you are in live by yourself in your own apartment or condo, you have to do some things sometimes to just clean the bathrooms, wash the dishes, laundry, all of those things we might think as menial tasks. However, they can become for us opportunities for prayer, opportunities for thanksgiving, opportunities to grow in holiness. What do I mean by that? Well, let's just take something very basic in my own life, cleaning the bathrooms. I do not like to clean the bathrooms. It's a chore I absolutely cannot stand. So when I have to clean the bathrooms, what I do is I listen to Catholic podcasts. That's when I listen to Father John Ricardo. He's one of my favorites. It makes the time go by. It nourishes my soul. Many other people, they might turn on praise and worship music, or maybe you use that time. Sometimes I'll say a decade of the rosary or do stations of the cross. Offer up whatever task and chore you have to do today. Maybe you got to clean those bathrooms. Maybe you've got a laundry piled a mile high. Today, ask St. Joseph to be with you. Turn that work into your prayer. You know, Patty, that reminds me that I love to clean the bathroom. It's actually my favorite room in the house to clean. Come to my house. (laughs) But you know what? I often think of it, as you say, as a chance for sanctification because that's that opportunity for me for all of those little things I do or say that I shouldn't do or say to Beth or to the kids. It's, It's a chance for reparation. And I want to thank you for encouraging me to continue to offer that up as St. Joseph would for the family. Absolutely. All right. Well, this has been another Daily Dose of Encouragement with Patty Schneier. We'll be back with you tomorrow as we continue to talk about St. Joseph the Worker.
We've got time for just a few quick hits here before the show comes to a close. Uh, number one, the interview, full interview with Father Wade Menezes. We played an excerpt earlier in the show. It will air at 4 p.m. today right here on Covenant Network, or you can go to wherever you get your Covenant Network podcasts, um, wherever you get Roadmap to Heaven on podcast. It's up there now. I, I, I put it up there myself, so it's there. If you want to hear the full thing and you don't want to wait till four o'clock, but only I'm only telling you our roadmap to heaven listeners. I'm not going to say that throughout the day. Everyone else has to listen at four, right? Um, number two, most importantly, first Friday, this Friday, first Saturday, this Saturday, the devotion is simple. Go to mass, receive Holy Communion, pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart for nine consecutive first Fridays. On Saturday, go to mass, receive Holy Com- Communion, pray the rosary, Meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary. And with that is also the instruction to go to confession. And by the way, if you are in a state of mortal sin, we can't say this enough. Don't receive Holy Communion in a state of mortal sin. That's the mortal sin of sacrilege. Get reconciled first. God wants to reconcile you and bring you back. Get reconciled first and then approach to receive our Lord. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. First Friday, first Saturday. Listen to the podcast. Share the podcast with friends. It's a great way to spread the good news that we're sharing here on Roadmap to Heaven. Friday is a very special edition of the Roadmap Roundup. It's our Mother's Day Roundup featuring a panel of all moms and a special guest host. You'll have to tune in Friday morning at 7 a.m. to find out more. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.